Welcome to the Lit Matters Podcast, a show whose journey is to discover the books that matter, the stories that we should all be reading. I'm your host, Chris Evans, and I've devoted decades in education examining this very topic. Each week, I'll be joined by a guest, fellow teachers, librarians, writers, and lovers of books from all walks of life who will advocate for a single transformative book, one that we should all be reading. Through this podcast, I hope to build a collective bookshelf of amazing stories, lit, that matters. When I was a young boy growing up in rural Mississippi, my father on rare occasions would bring out a magic family talisman. It was a shoe from one of my distant relatives and that shoe had been burned and charred, the the laces were blown out, and apparently one of my great aunts was struck by lightning and survived. I had another great uncle who allegedly was arrested during the Great Depression in Texas because authorities thought he was babyface Nelson. I don't know if these family stories are true, but my father, my grandmother, my very colorful relatives in Mississippi love to tell stories. And those stories were sort of like this mythos of my family that I saw as a child as being very mundane and ordinary, but it took me to this magical world of what my family can be. I think most families probably have similar stories, um, similar origins that, that bind them together. And for today's episode of the Lit Matters podcast, we dive into, I think, one of the most beautiful examples of family mythology I've ever read. It's Victor Villasenor's 1991 masterpiece, Reign of Gold. To discuss this novel, we are joined by Dr. Angelica Suarez, the president of Orange Coast College, one of the most beautiful community colleges in the nation, one of the best community colleges in the nation, and um, go Pirates, Dr. Suarez, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It is so lovely to have you here and uh, so lovely to be talking books with you as well. Before we begin. I would like to just start off with this question before we turn to the novel. Um, how are you doing? I know it's been a, a difficult year uh, at OCC, helping our community, our college, you know, our, na- our state, co- our students cope with all that we have faced as a nation. So just to, to check in very quickly, how are you? Thank you, Chris. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be here with you talking books. You know, I think that um, when I arrived at OCC in July of 2019, I knew this was a special place. I met a number of wonderful people that talked about their stories at OCC. And that spirit, that sense of care and compassion for our students is what has allowed us to continue to move forward during this pandemic. I have seen it firsthand in, um, in, their, in conversations with me or conversations I have with students. So um, I know it's been a struggle for our students. It's been a struggle for our, our, our staff, our faculty, our administrators, uh, not being on campus because this is where we get our energy. This is where we get um, that fulfillment as to why we became educators. And, uh, but, you know, we have been, um, we've been very thoughtful. We, you know, we care. We care deeply about students. We care deeply about uh, you, our, our staff. And so we've been moving um, in a very methodical way. Um, we'll have a few more students on campus this fall semester, and uh, we're hoping that by the spring we have the the kind of energy and 
you know, dynamic excitement that we have on the campus, what we had on the campus before the pandemic, but, uh, you know, everything in due time. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've taken my level of um, learning to be patient uh, to a whole new level, but knowing that this is the right direction that we need to take to make sure that, our, that we're all safe or as safe as we can be. We're both parents. I think that sort of steeled us for learning that patience that we have Absolutely. to have. Absolutely. And it was interesting. I was, you know, I, w- I would walk out of uh, my office during the pandemic when I was teaching from there for, you know, better Wi-Fi. And it was like almost overnight, there was an aquatic center or a brand new building. It was like magic. Like, when did that pop up? I didn't see it. So yes. I-, I am I am very excited about the new opportunities that we we come back to so thank you for all of your hard work thank for that you, as well i did share this morning we were welcoming our students into our the harbor our new oh. our student um, housing complex and i said you know if there is something positive about the pandemic is that we were able to complete construction on four buildings <laughs> so that when students come back they can rediscover orange coast our faculty members who have been here for decades right? <laughs> Well, as you know, this podcast is Lit Matters, and, and the focus is to, to find books that matter, books that are relevant, books that really reach our soul and change our lives. And, and, and that's why I invited you here today. You recommended a book, uh, Victor Villasenor's Reign of Gold, and, and I must admit, I had not read it. This was my first reading, and it was mind-blowing, beautiful, lyrical poetic it, it, what a wonderful experience so so thank you for coming to talk to me about this this book that i recommend to everyone of course uh, so 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 let's let's get started before we begin with rain of gold i always like to ask this question of all of my guests which is what is your experience with reader how did you become a reader were you always a reader you know what's what's your journey with, with the, the printed word sure so you know i um so I was not a reader, and I will tell you that um, as, a, as a young child, um, one of the exciting things we liked to do was to go to the library. Um, I recall, you know, maybe I was 10, and the reason we liked to go to the library was because it was air-conditioned, and, uh, you know, our, our large family lived in a small apartment that, uh, you know, obviously didn't have that, and so we used to go to the library, and I used to, um, we got a library card, and I, w- I would check out books uh, children's books that had the, um, you probably remember, um, the record on the, on the side pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I loved to listen to that. And I uh, made believe that I could read all of that, you know. And so, so I loved to do that. And I got in the habit of checking out books that I didn't necessarily know how to read, but I just liked the feel of having a hard-covered book. Um, you know, fast forward, I am in high school and the experience with reading, I remember my English class. Um, English is my second language, and so I always struggled, um, you know, with reading. And it was usually a requirement. You have to read this book. And so it, I was not approaching it from a, you know, a place of joy. I'm going to read this book because it's going to be a story. It's, it was out of, um, you know, obligation. I need to do this if I want to graduate from high school. And certainly that was something my, my parents, that was their, you know, their goal for their kids to graduate from high school. So certainly I didn't want to let them down. So moving on, I was working part-time at a florist, and one of my friends, she kept on talking about these books that she's reading, and they were so exciting, and she would tell me the story. 
And I said, well, what book are you reading? And she told me, and you know, it's Danielle Steele, there were romance novels. And I started reading and it was so exciting. And so that kind of started my love of books. And I started reading books about, you know, just different journeys, different stories. Um, and uh, so anyhow, that's kind of where my love of books began. And, uh, you know, to realize you're reading them, not because you need to read them, but because you love to read. And as you probably know, I, I teach children's literature, and I, I do find that there's always something lost, because I think for so many young children, it's funny, because I, my parents used the library as a babysitter, too. It was air-conditioned. It's the <laughs> summer. Here you are. And to use that library card and to check out books and carry them out, it's empowering as a child. Yes. And something oftentimes does get lost when we as teachers start to require this. Right. And, you know, oftentimes yes. we regain that love much right. later as well, too. And I think that's a, yeah. a, a, a beautiful, you know, common story, right, right. Of, right. Of, of learning how the, the magic and witchcraft of words. Um, and, and if I'm not mistaken, it's it's Victor Villasenor. It's, it's very similar to his journey as well, too, yes. right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about him as a writer, as a as a as a as a reader as well too? What you know about him? Sure. So as I, you know, we're going to talk about Reign of Gold. Um, I was really fascinated by his story, and um, because of that, I started uh, looking at other books that he had written. So uh, he wrote a book uh, titled uh, Burro Genius, and so you know that's an oxymoron. Burro is you know somebody that's not smart. And, um, and so in that book, he talked about his own journey in the educational system uh, of being bullied because he was dyslex dyslexic, uh, thinking that maybe he didn't have the intellect to, to be able to, um, you know, to move forward with his education. And, you know, I'm not going to give up the book in terms of what happens, but he really talks about those struggles and how he was able to overcome them um, but how difficult it was for him. And so that also, you know, it helps to identify mm -hmm. with some of those stories of struggle and, you know, ultimately being able to overcome uh, some of those struggles. And I know this is not a writing podcast, but I'm a writing teacher. I, I heard and read an interview or listened to an interview with him where he said he was rejected from 295 publishers yes. before his, and, yes. and to, to go from that to, the brilliance that sits in front of us and all yes. of his other works amazing i absolutely yeah. agree i think it's you know i i love to read that he didn't give up mm -hmm. and that just you know can can translate to so many different things in life with struggles and so i i love that book and, and many of his other books as well maybe that's one of the reasons why this book resonated with us now with all that we yes. have seen and and endured uh, Dr. Suarez, I I'm curious. Um, can you give our readers just a quick little overview? It's you know we want them to go read this sure. magical book, but just uh, this is the least you need to know right. about Rain no of Gold. Spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so you know Victor uh, Villaseñor uh, in in the Reign of Gold writes about um, his family history and um, his family history from um, the experience of. Um, during the time of the Mexican Revolution and uh, their struggle and their journey um, to the United States. And it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful connection that he makes with um, talking about the stories that his grandmother, Doña Guadalupe, would share with him and, um, you know, 
him wondering whether that was that was the truth and or whether you know these were just stories and so that started the journey um, of him going to Mexico and really truly um, learning about his family history uh, which resulted again in this beautiful book uh, in the reign of gold where he talks about that and again um, the journey to the United States and, and where he is today. I know that opening part with the, the, the description of the canyon and the water and yes. the waterfall is sets up the novel so beautifully. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and there are so many, and not only is it a story from his mother's perspective, but also his father's perspective too. And it does this wonderful job of cross cutting back and forth between the two. I'm curious, did you have any characters that really you identified with that you connected with? Because there's so many that are beautifully written. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and um, I would say I, I connected with um, uh, his mother, who at the time was a young girl in Mexico, Lupe, and, um, you know, going through this experience and realizing what her role as, you know, a daughter in a traditional Mexican family was, and yet questioning other things that she wanted to do that uh, were not necessarily the conventional or the, 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 um, the traditional uh, roles for women. So um, I definitely liked her spunk. I liked her questioning and, um, you know, and her advocacy for things that she saw that were wrong throughout the story. And even for the the small things, I know I was really struck even by the opening. I think the book begins with her like snuggling with her mother in bed and just like this the beautiful sensory description of yeah. this young child figuring out her world as it mm-hmm. you know radically shifts underneath her feet yes. throughout with the revolution with you know yes. all the changes that happen as well too um, The book also comes with some photos. And that, I was not prepared for that because it seems like such a, a brilliant mix of magic realism. Like, this can't be happening. But then you see photos of his mother and his father and, you know, their wedding and their children as well, too. I'm curious, how did you react to the photos in the book that give it this, like, concrete realism? It, it was great because for me... Um, so one of the reasons I, I love the book is because I did see a lot of uh, similarities um, I saw some of the similar experiences that my family, uh, you know, were immigrants as well from Mexico. And the photos, I mean, it just, you know, they could have been my, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunts. And so it was exciting because then um, my mother and my, my father, I started asking them a lot of questions and they're wondering, what, you know, what's going on here? But I wanted to know more. I wanted to look at photos of my family and, and you know, my grandparents and understand their story. Uh, you know, it's a it's a way of um, of bringing to life, if you will, just how important family is, and being able to tell story through photo. Did you discover any uh, magical stories of your family that you thought I'm not sure if I believe that as well too? Any of those in oh, your past, the legend of absolutely. the family? <laughs> you know, it, it, my grandfather. I remember so every year, Chris. So. You know, you know my story. I immigrated to the U.S. My, with my family when I was three years old, and uh, throughout the years we would go back and visit my grandparents. And we, you know, I still have family in Mexico, and uh, they're from a town. They're from the state of Jalisco, and uh, so when we would go visit, um, I would love to spend time with my grandparents. Um, 
my uh, maternal grandparents. And we w- I would spend time with them on their ranch. And so my grandfather would tell me so many different stories about... Uh, you know, the gods that would come and, and, you know, live within the crops. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, Grandpa, you know, is this? But I was fascinated. I, I couldn't wait every year to go back and spend time with my grandparents because it was, they were storytellers. Now, they're not alive anymore, and I never got to ask them, and I never, you know, I, but it was just, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a beautiful experience for me to have had that time with them and, um for them to, you know, to share some of their, some of the stories that, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the hard things in the last year and a half is we've been removed from those who, you know, our parents, our grandparents who have that ability to look back and, and, and put things in context and right. That separation has been hard. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe in a modern digital age, we don't, sit down enough and listen to those stories, those stories of the past, of a world that once was, but a world that still matters today, even more so. Certainly. Um, so so I, I'm curious, you, 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 this is such a lovely book. Are there any passages that just resonated with you that you would like to share with our reader today? Sure. So I have, um, so I, I, I was thinking about that and, um, you know there there are a couple, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with one of them. And I actually um, I have the book here with me. And I just tagged it a little bit here. And so it's it's the start of chapter twelve. And um, and it says, and so her heart was ready to break once again. But then, to her surprise. Each new peril only showed her a deeper mystery in this dream called life, la vida. And to me, it just speaks about resilience, about the human spirit, about struggle, and about overcoming that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just beautiful. Well, I, I think it's an absolutely beautiful book in, in so many ways, and so many things they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how it keeps resetting, right? a new location, a new setting, a new problem to overcome. And it's beautiful, beautifully crafted. Um, I love the beginnings of how every section works and how it closes. It's just masterful, masterful writing. As you know, the, the, the focus of this podcast is not only to talk about books that we love, but to talk about why they matter, how they can help us change and transform and mm-hmm. you know, gain perspective. So, so my, my larger question always for, for each book is this. Why does this book matter? Why should we go out and read it? How can it help us see the world differently? So I think I'm going to go back to your, the first question that you opened um, the podcast with, which is, you know, how did I become a reader? I think for me, what this book did for me and uh, many books after that is, first of all, I was able to see my experience reflected in story. And that conveys that you matter, that you're part of history, that my history is American history. That, And so that was... Um, pretty monumental for me. And so this book really started um, kind of my 
self-discovery of my family, of my history, because I continued to read other, other books um, that, you know, talked about different uh, similar stories. But then it also, it's important because it also allowed me to learn about other cultures through other books, about other experiences. And Maya Angelou likes, uh, used to say, you know, there, there, there are more reasons that we are alike than unalike. And uh, I probably didn't get that quote correct, but it's, there are so many things that connect us. And so um, it's, it's important for me to learn about different journeys. And, you know, I, I, you've heard my story when I got to OCC that I shared my story and I talked about how everybody's path is important. And when, I, when our students are able to hear about your story, about different stories, they can see themselves in those journeys and they can see themselves, they're visible, they matter, they belong. And I think that's really the, the kind of the takeaway for me from some of the um, some of the books that I read, and uh, you know, to be able to see that in, in print. Has it been hard these last few years to see people almost make this, I would say, absurd argument that there there's one story of America as opposed to what you describe, which is this sort of multifaceted, multicultural, very rich brilliance of who we are and our journey to get here. And hopefully a, a common goal, but like the denunciation of those various pathways that we all take to get here in those various journeys. No, and I think that that's, again, it's, it's recognizing the beauty that that brings and creating a space where people feel comfortable sharing their story. There is no one story. And, um, and I think that that's one of the things that, um, again, I love about my experience I talk about OCC because obviously this is where we are right now, but it's wherever you are, that it's so important to listen. It's so important to ask these questions. It's so important to, to care enough to ask. I mean, I was just asking you about your community college story. To ask about your story, your background, where do you come from, uh, what's important to you? Because again, I think that that is what makes us, you know, the strong uh, institution that we are. It's, it's that collection and we draw on that strength. It's funny you mentioned Maya Angelou as well, too. I, I remember reading a quote of hers where she's, you know, you know, I teach Shakespeare. And she said, I was convinced that Shakespeare was a black woman mm-hmm. because he captured my spirit, my right. soul as well, too. Yes. And you know, that's the, the brilliance and, and, and beauty of story. Well, Dr. Suarez, thank you so, so very, very much. Um, and, you know, that's, that's another episode of the Lit Matters podcast. And I will close with another quote of one of my favorite writers. Uh, Chimamanda Adichie said, many stories matter. Stories have been used to, 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 the, to the dispossessed to malign, but stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity of a people, but stories can also repair that broken dignity. So I would say to all of, of my listeners, immerse yourself in stories. Begin at home. Talk to your parents. Talk to your grandparents. They have wisdom. They have those stories that you describe that we need to listen to. And I would say also listen to the younger storytellers as well, too. Our students, our children, hear their stories, hear their struggles. And I do think the power of struggle is, is the power of story is, is the power to heal, to learn, to grow, and, and to improve as, as humans on this planet. So, Dr. Suarez, thank you so very much 
for joining me today. Thank you, Chris, for the invitation. I'm so glad that um, I'm joining you today. And like I said, I'm a subscriber to the podcast, so I'd like to hear other stories as well. Thank you. And I will try to keep reporting those as well, too. Thank (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Chris. listening to Lit Matters. All content is written by Chris Evans and the show is produced by Steve Baldwin. Music was provided by the band Soup. Find them at Apple Music and Spotify. Spotify.